TCU? Do you breathe purple and gold? Are you ready to hoist the colors? Now, time for the most in-depth look at the world of ECU athletics. Welcome in to Hoist the Colors with your host, Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Watch the show live on Facebook and at 94.3thegame.com. Now, here's your host, Stephen Igo. All right, welcome into this edition of Hoist the Colors live on this Friday, December 22nd edition of the show, 94.3 The Game. Coming your way, it is our final show before the new year. We're taking off next week off for Christmas, but we are having a Friday show. We've got some big news from the transfer portal. East Carolina adds another big weapon, Winston Wright Jr., former all-conference receiver from West Virginia. We'll get into that. We've got our game picks as well. We're making bowl picks. We're making NFL picks. We've done this on every Friday show throughout the whole season. And we've got Philip Pilkington producing. We've got Joe Sampson standing by with some shoddy equipment, but we're, we're trying to make it work. Uh, he may lose audio at any point, but we're going to try to make this work. Joe, how's it going? Hey, I go. It ain't about how you start. It's about how you finish. So we're, we're going to say a nice little prayer to the God of technology. I don't know what patron saint that is these days, but uh, happy Festivus to all. And uh, yeah, so me and technology... I'm 0 for 1, but we'll see if we can try and turn that around, much like you have, and we'll get to that later. It's a it's a Christmas miracle that Philip Pilkington has fallen out of the lead, and I have taken over the lead in our game picks. Philip, you had about a 20-game lead uh, a few months ago. What happened, man? I think you just got hot. I'm not 100% sure if it's you got hot or... No, I, I got it's combination. I, my NFL picks went to crap. This has been the hardest year ever to pick NFL games. All these stupid teams who aren't even good sitting at seven and seven, six and eight, eight and six. And uh, the other thing is, I've been going on the Igo. Th- Actually, that's what's killed me: the Igo theory. Because I keep picking the Eagles. They never have their bounce back game. They just keep losing. Um, the 49ers lost three in a row at one point. I thought they would have bounce back games after the first loss, after the second loss. This kept Cowboys losing. are frauds. So, yeah, well, we know they're frauds. And the team they're playing is frauds, too, but we're going to get into that in a second. I got some stats for you all in segment three. But uh, I've been, I guess I went off Igo's theories, and it's come back to bite me in the rear end. So. I think you were manipulative, Igo. I think you know what you're doing, and you're playing the psychological game, and that's why you have the lead, and I'm losing the psychological game. That's the problem. That, that's it right there. You're smarter than me. You got to combine that gut feel with the psychological game, and then, you know, you got to have your own reasons, Philip. You can't follow somebody else. That's when you get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, clearly. At least I'm following yeah. Joe. Joe is still, like, comfortably in third place. <laughs> hey, man. First year, rookie. Got to adjust. We didn't pick games last year. I, I just, this show didn't even exist at this point last year. Even first year rookie. <laughs> no, no, no. But you guys We're have been rookies. in this analyst role. You've been working That's in the true. sports industry. I'm fresh out of it. I still have emotion. I still see the players. I got, got to look them in the true, eyes and yeah. know what they're feeling. Yeah. I can't blindly pick this thing. I got biases. I mean, I hate Dave Dore, and I refuse to pick NC State. That bit me a lot this year. I want to ask you about that. I know Igo wants to get some more important stuff. We have time segment four. I want to ask you about that, that whole Dave Dorn Matt no, Brown thing. But uh, I know I, it's Igo's show, and he's got stuff to talk to you about. So take yeah, a no, no, We do have an NC State pick coming up later in the show, so maybe we can get it then. Because they, they play uh, bowl, uh, I think, Kansas State next week. Sure. The Pop-Tart Bowl. There's the Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart Bowl. Just bowl put now? up and wait. With an edible mascot. <laughs> 
this can't Joe be the first knows time. all these bowls. Hey, look, that's not the first time. We already have the orange bowl and the peach bowl. You can eat an orange. You can eat a peach. No, 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 no. The, the Pop-Tart is like the <laughs> end of it. They said the winning team, there's an edible mascot at the end. So there's a guy that talks to him. Pop-Tart. So we're just going to eat it. I don't know. They, they haven't like, confirmed anything. I mean, hey, I learned in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory point. from uh, Johnny Depp that is called cannibalism, my dear children, and is frowned upon in most societies. Most societies. <laughs> we are off the rails. We are. Okay. I'm sorry, Iago. What did you want to talk about today? Hey. It's our final show for the holidays, so this is acceptable. Uh, if we're going to have some fun, might as well make it this one. All right, let, let's try to talk. Speaking of uh, big news, guys, and, and exciting news, transfer portal, the hall continues to grow for East Carolina, guys. So we, we kind of knew about this guy on uh, on the Hoist of Colors message board, and we've known about it behind the scenes for a while. Winston Wright Jr. committed actually last weekend. We've been talking about him the transfer slot receiver from Florida State. Now, he was announced formally today. And basically, I'll give a kind of a brief overview. ECU went ahead and announced all seven transfer signees today, I believe, on social media. So what what happens is these guys, they can't sign letters of intent, but they can sign grant and aid forms, basically documents saying they're coming to school, and that's when ECU is allowed to release their names officially. So – Today, they officially announced Caden Hauser in the Michigan State quarterback transfer. They officially announced Damian Wilson, linebacker from Missouri. Raheem Craig, outside linebacker from Louisville. Offensive lineman Darius Bell from Maine, who committed earlier this week. And then the three receivers, Anthony Smith from NC State, Omega Blake from South Carolina, and then West Virginia, former all-conference player, Florida State transfer, Winston Wright Jr. So seven transfers, three receivers, a quarterback, an offensive lineman, two defensive players. It's been a heck of a haul for this coaching staff already. Joe, uh, you, we talked about it going to the going into the off season. They needed to make some big moves in the portal, and they already have. Just what's your assessment of this haul thus far? This is exactly what you need to do if you're East Carolina. I mean, there's been so many instances that we've sat back and said, well, if they had the protection, you know, they might be able to get something going. They don't have that big playmaker on the outside as far as receiver goes. And then Chase Soul, as we got later into the season, really developed into that go-to guy. But once you shift that bracket coverage and you can kind of do some cover two things like that and you go some trap, all of a sudden he's on an island. And if they're doubling him, where's the ball going to go after that? So I really like the pickup as far as the FSU transfer. I mean, we, we saw what he did at West Virginia before he went to FSU. So I think he's going to be a dynamic guy with the ball in his hands. I'm very excited that my boy Justin Hainsworth did a little recruiting up at Maine and got our boy who is coming now, the offensive lineman, to play for the Pirates. So I'm very excited for what they've done. The high school kids look great. Two big JUCO transfers that could be instant impact. And then a six foot one athlete out of Florida. He can play probably many different things. I've heard some rumblings possibly even playing corner or a safety as far as that goes. You get a big, lengthy kid like that. He could play in the back end. You could be special real quick. Joe, for me, when I look at this haul, I'm excited about Omega Blake because I feel like he's got speed at the outside receiver position, and I like pairing him with Chase so well. I'm excited about Anthony Smith as well, who you know may not be the the – you know, go-to possession receiver, but has the ability to take this top off. But when I look at Winston Wright, uh, looking at the numbers here, basically when he was healthy, he was a dynamic slot receiver. He also returned two kicks for touchdowns at West Virginia. But 
had 47 catches for 553 yards, two scores in 2021, 63 catches for 688 yards and five touchdowns uh, the, the following season. So I just feel like, to me, they were missing that kind of consistent go-to slot receiver every down last year. I know Jalen Johnson had his moments, but losing Tyler Sneed, to me, they didn't really replace that guy, and I feel like they've been trying to search for him ever since. So if Wright can get back to full health, which maybe is a question mark, he got in a car wreck a couple years ago, but to me, he's he's the most important guy because of his, his game-breaking ability. So what his, his addition alone, how much does that change John David Baker's offense if he's able to get back to that standpoint? Immediately. And the first thing I have to say is I don't know if you can replace Grey Cup champion Tyler Sneed. I mean, his production just at that size and his ability to both play in the slot and at the outside, he was a remarkable player. And every time that ball went up, you knew Sneed was coming down with it. Caught a 50-50 ball in the uh, Daffer Dagger Bowl, as we call it, when ECU beat Annapolis up in Maryland. Or beat Navy up in Annapolis, pardon me. And and that's kind of the thing that Sneed was. So if you can get right to be that guy, you can play him in the slot, you can put him on the outside, and he can take the top off and do some speedy things like Josiah Hatfield did for you all these years, but be that consistent pass catcher, all of a sudden John David Bacon can take that post shot and run a little underneath throughout. He can go to these man beaters because he knows he's got somebody who can outrun those corners. And especially in the American with so much corner talent that we've seen kind of develop. Now all of a sudden Charlotte is oh the number one group of five transfers, which they're not, but we'll get to that. And now you have to have somebody who can beat them with speed, and I think that's exactly what Wright can be if he develops that way. I saw Chase Sowell tweet earlier that this is only, you know, basically fitting to, to make me go harder, all these receiver additions. And, look, we, we get so caught up in all the new guys uh, this time of year, Joe, uh, and I don't think anybody's intentionally trying to overlook who's returning offensively or defensively. It just kind of naturally happens because that's the offseason. It's basically college football free agency. But to me, th- these moves only help Chase Sowell, who I fully expect to be a starter next year. And all of a sudden, now he can't get doubled, which he saw at the end of last year. So, like, I feel like this is just going to make the ceiling higher for everybody. If the running back room comes back, uh, the the tight end room with Shane Calhoun, Desirio Riles, uh, Antonio Ferguson, if that comes back intact, all of a sudden you're looking at a pretty complete offense. Of course, the offensive line has to be addressed, but I, I do think as well that with a new scheme that pushes some tempo a bit, maybe they're in some more advantageous positions. So, like, I don't know. Is, is it crazy to think that this offense can go from being bottom of the barrel to, to pretty darn good overnight? It's definitely possible to be overnight. And the biggest key for any offensive line that can stop the pass rush, no matter what your technique is or your ability, is the tempo. I mean, if you can't sub those defensive linemen out to be fresh, they're going to be just as ineffective as you will be effective in running the football because they'll be gassed. They can't get the run stoppers in. And that's what John David Baker's going to do. That's what Ellis has done for years now. That's what Clay Helton did when he was at USC. And Baker was on that staff. I mean, Seth Luttrell is famous for that Temple offense he ran that year with Bijan Robinson as the third running back, and he was still getting carries at Texas. I don't think it's anything to think about that it could possibly be one of those remarkable turnarounds. It's it's more than likely. We can't sit here and predict the future. Obviously, we tried to do that last year, failed miserably. But the <laughs> thing of the matter is I had an old coach tell me that when you're in college football, once you get to the offseason, it's like a car. When you get new brakes, you notice your new brakes, but you don't notice that your new brakes aren't working 
anymore after probably about two months. And that's what transfer classes are. That's what these new high school kids are. They're shiny new toys, and you're, you're kind of excited to see what they're going to do. But once they settle in and they're in the fold, two or three of these guys are going to get stuck behind some senior and not pop out till their junior year. That's the way college football is. It's the way it has been. Obviously, with the portal now, there's a difference in how that could be. But, you know, we're really excited about this young class, but they need to add to the already existing talent ECU has. Philip, I want to get your take on this as well. We talked about it a little bit. I think it was yesterday's show where, you know, at the end of the year, everybody was like, hey, I'm off the bandwagon. I'm done with ECU football. Now everybody's back on. They're seeing the the big names come into the portal. They're seeing the hires. We, you know, we, we'll touch on Damon Magzu with Joe here in a little bit. Um, they, they see the, the offensive staff changes made. Everybody's kind of back on board. When you look at this transfer class, you know, from from your perspective, what what excites excites you most? Is it the collective effort, or is it a player or two individually? I think it's you know a lot of it is the offense because at the end of the day, yeah, O line's important, defense is important, and I know the offensive line wasn't good. When you bring in a new OC, he's going to need some shiny new toys, like Joe said, those shiny new brakes on that car, and. Look, if you don't have a quarterback and playmakers, it doesn't matter how good John David Baker is. Not in the year 2023. If it was 1963, okay, win with defense and an offensive line. But that's not what era we're living in. And I think the other big thing that was making Pirate fans frustrated throughout this season is it seems like there wasn't enough change. You know, They wanted Donnie Kay gone earlier. They wanted Coach Houston to come out and just flat out say the offense is abysmal. And... They kept it professional because that's their job. But now they're saying all those things. They're saying those things by the players that they're getting. They've brought in three receivers, three kind of different types of receivers because you can't have all one type of player. And especially this day and time, you need different styles of receivers. They brought in a quarterback from a Power 5 program that has started, not just a kid who was riding the bench waiting for his turn. This kid started seven games a year ago. So I think this staff is proving that they agree with everything. And we knew this. Somehow, Some I think most of the fans did. There were some fans, I think, that were so out there going, oh, they don't think there's a problem. No, they knew there was a problem. This is showing that there's a problem, or that they realize there's a problem, and they're addressing it. They're going out there getting the shiny new toys that will hopefully create points, because at the end of the day, offense sells tickets. Joe, uh, there, there's been significant staff changes made as well offensively, but then the big defensive news, of course, Trip Weaver going to Austin P. happy for him to be the, the defensive coordinator there and call it I think there was some concern definitely on my end about the recruiting standpoint and the coaching standpoint. Trip was a big loss. Uh, we had the news yesterday that Damon Magazoo, former ECU All-Conference safety, will be coming back to coach the safeties at ECU. He will coach in the bowl game here in about four days, but then will be returning to ECU, Charlotte native, returning to his home state. I know he's fired up, but when you heard that news, Joe, what did you think of it? I mean, I was fired up. Uh, Magazoo is a name that you hear throughout the facility anytime you're on the defensive side of the ball. And to have a coach who's done it like that at the highest level, it it really changes how you take the coaching because he's not looking to nitpick you or, or kind of create that tension because he wants you to be great. He's telling you, this is what you have to do to be great. And he was an all-conference selection for ECU. He's a guy that is on the walls in the facility. I think he might even be in the safeties room as far as uh, up in that kind of light with some of the other greats. 
I'm extremely excited for an already turnover heavy defense to get the ability to get a guy like that who creates that kind of tenacity of turnovers in the back half. And you saw what he did at UNLV. Yeah, they brought in a new coaching staff this year, but he stuck around from the other. And that means a coach was really, really in on what he could do for this program. And for him to come back to ECU is extremely exciting. So I'm proposing to the ECU marketing department, we, we, shot, we fire the cannon on touchdowns. Can we fire it on interceptions as well? Because when Magazoo's unit brings in 14 interceptions this year, we need something to get the fans to celebrate it. Damon Magazoo had 11 picks himself during his ECU career. Everybody knows about the NC State Russell Wilson game-winning interception, but uh, he had 10 more, and he made a one-handed pick against Virginia Tech in the back end zone. Just a great player. I think he'll bring a yep. lot of uh, a lot of great coaching ability to to East Carolina, and uh, really excited about his addition to the staff. All right, guys, let's get a break in. We'll come back. We will transition to our game picks. We'll also, if you do have a question on YouTube or Facebook about transfers, about uh, coaching changes, anything ECU-related, or if you want to talk about the holidays, feel free to drop it. We'll get to it throughout the show in addition to our game picks, always live on YouTube and Facebook as well. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We will make those game picks. This is Hoist the Colors on a Friday. ECU fans, one stop for all things ECU athletics. This is Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo on 94.3 The Game. Welcome back into the show, Friday, December 22nd edition. It is our last show before the new year. We're taking next week off due to Christmas. Got to get into our picks here momentarily. We want to get into our final Pirates of the Week of the Year. Uh, our Pirate of the Week segment brought to you by East. As always, we appreciate Tim Vliet and his crew's support of the program. Our Pirate of the Week is Brandon Johnson. He had a monster game against Delaware State on Wednesday, and the guy's just been, honestly, a beast all year. 15 rebounds, 13 points, 4 assists, 4 steals. Just an absolute incredible game. He's now up to 14.2 points, 9.2 rebounds, averaging that on the year. He's getting it done at the three-point line. He's getting it done at the free-throw line. He's rebounding at a high rate. He is assisting the basketball, making great passes. Brandon Johnson, it's a shame that he had to miss those two games earlier this year because the Pirates, instead of being 7-5 right now, they would be 9-3, and three, and the record would look much better. Brandon Johnson is our East Coast Agency Pirate of the Week. We could have gone R.J. Felton. Uh, he had 26 as well. We go Brandon Johnson just due to his everything he's bringing to the table right now. East Coast Agency, protecting your peace of mind from the Blue Ridge to the Outer Banks. East Coast Agency, your trusted choice for comprehensive coverage in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. They just opened their Greenville, North Carolina office as well. Call Drew Moeller at 252-341-8818. Two five two three four one eighty eight eighteen for all your insurance needs. All right, appreciate East Coast Agency and their support of the program. Back now with uh, Joe Sampson and Philip Pilkington, and let's make our game picks, guys. I've somehow managed to get a one-game lead in our season-long game picks. And uh, how about South Florida last night? Forty-five zero. I think we we're all in the Bulls. I didn't see forty-five zero coming, but. They get it done for the American. We're going to continue to pick our bowl games, and we'll do NFL picks later. We've got six bowl games to pick. First up, 
Troy and Duke. This game will be played Saturday at 12 noon. This is the Birmingham Bowl, guys. Don't know if they'll be able to follow in last year's footsteps quite as well as what East Carolina and Coastal did last year. But Troy is a seven-point favorite. Both teams have lost their coaches. I've got no idea what to pick here. Um, I'm just going to go Troy because they're playing in Alabama. Joe. Uh, give me the Duke Blue Devils. We I, I do a confidence pick pool with my family every year when bowls come. and This is a pretty high game for us. Uh, we think this is probably one of those games where Duke kind of Puts all the rumors to bed. Troy was a very good football team this year, but without their head coach, who's now at Tulane, I think they're going to be kind of left out in the cold, especially down in Birmingham. I like Duke, and I like them by the plus six and a half. Well, plus seven, but. I do have a question for you, Joe, because I messed up last night. Yeah. You bring, I'm going to confidence level pick them, too. I had one, just one. Could have gone as high as 43 on the Bulls. How many did you have on the Bulls last night? 32. Yeah. Yeah. The Just only two games higher than that, I have Georgia and I have Oregon. Yeah. Oregon was 34, Georgia's 33, the Bulls were 32. Oof. Syracuse sucks. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. At least I didn't pick Syracuse. Honda McCord, man. Here he comes. Anyways, um, yeah, I think this one's close. Troy could definitely win the game. I don't see him covering the touchdown. I think Grayson Loftus, the true freshman at Duke, proved in that Carolina game that he's ready to take over the reins from Riley Leonard. He played great. I still think Duke has a solid defense, a good running game. I think they could definitely win this one outright, but I at least think they cover. All right, they are on the Dukies. I am on the Troy Trojans. Utah takes on Northwestern, 7.30. This will be the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Utah is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Bryson Barnes, who visited East Carolina, is actually going to start for Utah, and uh, he's in the portal, so we'll see what happens with him. If you're looking forward to kind of following that storyline, maybe watch that game. So Utah is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Over Northwestern. Northwestern's had a great year, but I, I think this is where it comes to an end. I think Utah is just a better team all around. And I think with Bryson Barnes kind of playing his last game there, I think they'll play pretty inspired. You know, they haven't had a coaching change there. Obviously, Northwestern hasn't either. So this will actually be a pretty good game, but I'm going to Utah to cover the six and a half, Joe. It's going to sound like I'm just going the exact opposite I go, but I like Northwestern here, uh, especially considering the turmoil they went through beginning of the year, and they've bounced back in a big way. Played a lot of close games, beat Wisconsin, a, a very good football team that we saw towards the end of the year, and I think Northwestern can continue to get this done. I like them against Utah, and I like especially with their offense and what Utah cannot do on defense. Give me the Wildcats. You know, I go brought it up that, you know, this Utah team has been pretty solid this year, and um, – Look, I think if Cam Rising plays, they would have been in the conversation for the college football playoff. I think this is a very good football team. I mean, it would have been a long shot with only four teams, but I'm telling you, we're leaving in the 12-team era, and Cam Rising plays, they make Oof. the playoffs. Um, and they're still that team that, like I said, they haven't lost a lot, uh, especially compared to other teams, so I like the Utes. All right. I guess you continue on with our Yep, Coach Foster still doing his thing at Northwestern with his gigantic biceps, doing his thing. Uh, that dude never stops working out. Uh, he's huge. Uh, all right, ne next pick. This this is a weird one, guys. Virginia Tech is a 10.5-point favorite against Tulane. And this is, the, this is the military ball. And so this will be played on Wednesday, December 27th after Christmas. 
You got v- VT probably going to have a little bit of a home field advantage. They're just six and six, Tulane eleven and two. They're obviously the big factor. Michael Pratt gone, Willie Fritz gone. I don't even know if Kai uh, Horton is playing in the bowl game. I know he's in the portal. So yeah, I, I don't know. Do we know who's quarterback in Tulane? Not sure. I was no. going to guess Kai Horton, who I like, but yeah, yeah that's going to be a big so, pickup like, for somebody. <laughs> If he goes like a max school or something, I think they immediately yeah. come. Yeah, like CUSA, like they could immediately yeah. become contenders for their conference title. He's a solid Ooh. player, and I think he could. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him come to ECU to challenge yeah. uh, challenge the guy ECU just got. I don't know if he would do that. So, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go Tulane to cover the ten and a half. I just have a feeling. I don't have a good feeling, but I just have a feeling, Joe. I'm so torn. Ten and a half is a lot of points, especially in bowl season. I, I'm going to take VT here. I'm going to take Coach Mines and, and the boys over there. They have some game changers as far as the receivers go over there. Um, and Brent Pry, who I have just found out is not from the South, but has one of the best Southern accents in the coaching business. It's because he's a coach's kid. And uh, James Franklin used to send him out to the Southern households when they were at Vanderbilt because he had the best Southern accent. So give me VT. Yeah, you know, I think Tulane's a little disgusted with themselves that they didn't yeah. win the conference championship because they'd be in a New Year's Six. They'd be playing that Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. And no coach, no quarterback. I just don't know who's going to get them motivated to bounce back from that game. I think it could be – I think they could cover the 10.5. Just uh, VT is a good football team. I just – I don't know what we're getting out of Tulane. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could very easily – show up just kind of feeling bad for themselves and not really show up at all. So you're picking VT? Yeah. Okay. These games are weird. It's, I mean, like I feel like each game we're picking gets weirder and weirder. Um, yeah. It's another season. weird game. Yeah, but it's both season. It just gets yeah. worse every year. UNC and West Virginia will play in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, and we know Drake May will not play for North Carolina. Uh, so that obviously gives a hit to the Tar Heels. West Virginia is a six and a half point favorite. This game will also be on Wednesday, December twenty seventh. Um, six and a half is a lot of points for a West Virginia team that I don't even know is that good. But you know what? Give me give me the Tar Heels to cover six and a half. I think West Virginia wins a close one. Um, I'm gonna go UNC to cover, Joe. This UNC team is abysmal. Their backup quarterback is in the portal. <laughs> Drake May is sitting out. Mac Brown is over here worried about what Dave Doran's saying in the media and not about the Mountaineers. And while I hate Dave Doran and I support Mac Brown, I do have to pick against him in this case. Give me West Virginia. I think the Mountaineers' offense is going to be one that Gene Chizik just kind of uh, has nightmares about for this entire weekend. Go Heels. No, I'm just kidding. Go Mountaineers. There is nothing better than watching Carolina lose. I am so looking forward to the Pat McAfee show on Thursday when the Mountaineers wreck the North oh, Carolina Tar Heels. Fire. I know I'm going to be turned in. Two touchdowns. I will definitely not be turn- tuning in. And the Mountaineers are going to wreck anybody because they're an average team. NC State, Kansas State. Did you watch uh, this? This is a bowl game on, let's see here, Thursday, December 28th. This is the Pop-Tarts Bowl, <laughs> as Joe said. Good old Pop-Tarts Bowl. I can't believe this is an actual bowl game. 
This is played at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Uh, you got Kansas State. I assume Will Howard, since he's transferring, is not playing for Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State is a two and a half point favorite. I mean, give me NC State. I feel like State is due to get ten wins. Dave Doran has been on the doorstep. Now that I say that, you know, I'm going Kansas State because Dave Doran will never get ten wins. I'm going Kansas State, go. uh, Joe. <laughs> If I could take the Wolfpack logo and turn it upside down correctly, I would. I hate you, Dave Dorn. You know that. Uh, I do not think NC State's going to be able to put together a good offensive output. Obviously, we saw how things played out in that regard. And Do we really trust Armstrong in the backfield after what we saw this year? The answer is no. I like Kansas State. I like what they did this year, and I really do think that they'll come out and smoke the puppies over at NC State. I don't know if they smoke them. I think this is a coin flip game, but in my confidence level, pick them early. I took Kansas State, so uh, I guess I'm just going to roll with the Wildcats. Anyways, I go. Do we have? Do you mind if I get Joe's quick briefing on the Dave Dorn yeah, comment? Go Since for he's it. a player, got time. was that over? Was that dumb? What he said, or is that coach locker room talk? It's coach locker room talk, but there's two different types of coaches. There's motivators and intimidators. Dave Dorn's always been an intimidator kind of guy. That's what he likes to do. He likes to make you feel like he's the guy in the presence of that power. And I think given what he said, I understand where it was coming from, but the way that he used those words, you never want to describe any kind of player in that light, especially if you're referring to them personally. If you were talking as a group, if you were saying these guys had bad intentions or they represented the university in a bad way, that's a very different way than attacking somebody's personal character. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't know. I've, I've heard... I'm just going to say, I've been in a locker room as a player and heard worse. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, I have. But I'm saying you don't go to the media and say it. Well, say, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, the, the, the camera, he recorded. didn't know the cameras were in there. I've just. We got have some, some accountability, Dave. Yeah. No, I, I, I think Coach Spiel will say whatever they want within reason. As a innocent bystander, I love it. I mean, I think yeah. anything that can add to a rivalry as far as crap talk, yeah. Is a good good thing. Look, oh yeah. Barring um, coming at someone's race, religion, ethnicity, say what you want. Right. It's just part of sports rivals. I mean, we've all played sports growing up, so we know the we know the emotions, especially when it comes to rivalry games. Um all right, so we got one more bowl game to pick. Arizona is a three point favorite against Oklahoma. Does anybody have any idea who is playing quarterback for the Sooners? No. No. No, it won't matter. Arizona is a three-point favorite. This is in the Alamo Bowl. This is the San Antonio Alamo Dome Bowl. Give me Arizona. Joe. So this is where I'm torn because the last time the Sooners were in the Alamo Bowl, Bobby Stoops came off the analyst desk and coached them to a victory and had his kid catch two touchdowns. So with all that in my head and the fact that Oklahoma has no offensive linemen, all five of them started, have hit the portal. Dylan Gabriel is an Oregon Duck. I have to go Arizona. I, I don't know why I feel as I do for the Bear Down Wildcats, but I think I have to take Arizona. Well, everyone who's listening, for entertainment purposes only, should probably bet on Oklahoma because we are all taking the Wildcats of Arizona. Looks like Jackson Arnold will make his first career start for the Sooners. Never heard of him. He's... Apparently, it's supposed to be pretty good, but yeah, I mean, 
it's just one of those what's, things. What's the name uh, of those supposed- characters in the Grinch, Philip? Oh yeah, a uh, hole. <laughs> so we'll Sorry, see. We're all on Arizona. Um, Doctor Seuss. I didn't know. <laughs> didn't think we'd be quoting that. It's a fun day, hey, man. Doctor Seuss, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. This is true. Who knows what segment That's three will bring? Bob Ross. I was going to ask y'all how much of y'all like I've watched legitimately zero of bowl bowl season. Zero. Like, have y'all watched any of these game. games? I think before? I've watched them all. Every game? Wow. I mean, maybe it's not impressive. start to finish, but I've, I've tuned in for some fraction. Watch, I feel like this is the week I usually start win. watching. I watched USF win. I wasn't doing uh, yeah, anything else last Saturday. So I mean, I had two TVs going. I had, like, the NFL yeah, on yeah. the big TV, and I was, like, watching college on the second one. It was kind of on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'm just not a sports guy. Maybe I talk so much Fake. sports and Bam. yeah, I've just been faking it this whole time. That's why I'm leading picks. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, I hey, got no, it works out, man. It's it's like the people who don't know enough to overthink it, but just know enough to exactly. not make dumb picks. That's all that's, it is. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> As I, I think come to Igo's intelligence here on his own show, I'm getting fired that's by Igo. Completely fun. I. <laughs> we need you, man. I can't operate a triple box. There we go. At least I'm good for something, including making um, fun of you. On I your think own this show. is the week, Christmas, like break, not having to worry about signing day. This is the week I finally can just like turn on my TV and watch something. Yeah, you've been busy this week. So really busy. Like this yeah, week, this say, past you week was your busiest week in the last year. like two days. Usually, I try to. Put games on in the background, but it's just been too much going on, especially with this transfer madness, which is a good thing for ECU. All right, let's get a break in, guys. We'll come back. We'll make NFL picks, which I am watching these days. And I, I watch a lot of NFL. Maybe it's because I don't cover it firsthand anymore. Uh, but we will make some NFL picks on the other side. Playoff races continuing to tighten, even though this, the matchups are not the sexiest. We'll get into those two uh, in our next segment as we make our final picks of the year. All right. We will be right back. This is Hoist the Colors. All right, let's go. Back to Hoist the Colors with Steve and I go. Drink up me, Aussie Joe. 194.3, the game. All right, welcome back in. Hoist the Colors, final edition before the new year. We may find a way to make some uh, video picks next week ahead of the New Year's Six games because we don't want to miss that. So we're going to work on that. We may just release them over Twitter or do a quick video. We'll let you guys know. Uh, make our weekly picks somehow, even though there's no show next week. We we will be back on the second. By the way, tonight at 5 o'clock, we've got the Logan Zone coming up. Steve Logan will be with you from 5 to 6 on 94.3 The Game. Also, Patrick Johnson has got his show at 6 o'clock, the Festivus edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. You can hear uh, Philip Pilkington. You can hear Joe Sampson rant about technology. And you can hear myself rant about December babies. So uh, tune into that Patrick Johnson show at six o'clock to close out our local coverage, heading into the new year. All right, guys, uh, let's make some NFL picks. Joe Sampson and Philip Pilkington. Actually, before we do that, I got a question on YouTube. I want to address real quick. Uh, CBA O one two five wants to know about the transfers. We still have to wait until the eighth to make sure they are in classes, even though. They have already signed their grant and aids. Uh, that is correct. So basically, signing the grant and aid binds ECU to the player. 
the player is not technically bound to East Carolina, so they could if they wanted to go somewhere else. But typically, once they commit this late, they do enroll, and once they step foot in class, that's when it's official. Now, ECU did have a transfer receiver from UConn last year, committed, and then got more money when he was about to go to class from BYU, and then he went to BYU instead. And so you never know, but uh, I would feel pretty good about these guys right now based on my intel there. But it's it's recruiting. It's college sports. All right, any other questions, get those in YouTube, Facebook before we get out of here today. Gentlemen, let's make some NFL picks. <clears throat> the Packers are a five-point favorite going to the Carolina Panthers. Carolina got its second win of the season last week over the Falcons, which we – who called that? I know the I, I was you, on the Panthers. You and Joe both. Wow. I didn't believe. Well, let's start with you then. Are you, are, the you, are, you, are you believing that the Panthers can get two in a row? I don't know if I believe they can win it. But I do believe they can keep it to one score. And with the spread being five, I stand a better chance if they do keep it to one score to win. If I pick them to cover, than if I pick them not to cover. So I am going to pick the Panthers – but I do not think they win the game. I see. I say Packers by a field goal, maybe by four points, like a 21-17, 20-17 kind of game. I'm going to go Packers by a touchdown. I think Panthers getting a win. They're going to be resting on their laurels a little bit, and they will come out flat. Give me the Packers, Joe. Packers are still in a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. And the great Matt LaFleur is 16-1 and in December when it comes to games that he has been the head coach of. I like the Packers. I think especially with them being less than a touchdown, they still have well within their own kind of window and destiny to play for. Give me the Packers and the Cheeseheads. All right, so Joe and I are on the Packers. Phillip riding with his hometown Carolina Panthers. The Browns are at the Texans in a critical matchup for the AFC playoff picture. The Browns right now are pretty safely in with three games to go at, uh, what, 9-5, and 8-5, and five, whatever the record nine is five, now. 9-5 yeah. and five due to the, the extra game always throws me off sometimes. Um, so they go to the Texans. Case Keenum and Joe Flacco will be the starting quarterbacks most likely in this game, which is just incredible to think about. What year is it? Uh, exactly. It, somehow both okay. these guys were previously the Denver Broncos starting quarterbacks and both lost their jobs. That was like eight years ago, and here they are, keeping the Broncos out of the playoffs. Browns are a three-point favorite at the Texans. I'm going to go Texans, guys. I think Browns are due for a letdown game. They have been winning by the skin of their teeth. I'm going Texans here, Joe. I'm taking the New York Jets legend himself, Joe Flacco and the Browns. I think the Browns, especially considering the games they've been playing in the past, the Texans are clawing and fighting, but without Tank Dell, without C.J. Stroud, having to lean so heavily on Nico Collins and Noah Brown, I don't think they're going to be able to do what they've been doing. I like Stefanski's brownies, and I especially like the elite quarterback that is Joe Flacco. Go Browns. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of with you there, Joe. It seems like... The Texans are a good football team, but they've really relied on the explosive plays mm-hmm. to win this year. Yeah, and I still year. think they're Step a few years away from being a really good team. I think they're just a mid-team. And they don't have those explosive play opportunities without C.J. Stroud and without Tank Dell. So give me the Brownies. 
I just realized I left the Jets off the picks this week because it's Commanders Jets. Okay. I don't even want to talk about that game. That's that's okay. I y'all are I don't fine with that? Skipping that? Tower. I'm good. I'm good. I need right. Brees Hall to not run for 900 yards against me in the fantasy championship. So All go right. Commanders. There you go. All right, we'll skip Jets Commanders. Sorry about your Jets. They're just there. They are. We're All right, for Cowboys. It's okay. That's 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 not a bad thing to tank for. Cowboys at Dolphins. Dallas back to back road games. Dolphins at home. They are a one point favorite. This is my Anson belt and buckle lock of the week. I'm going with the Dolphins to beat the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys can't win on the road. I do think it's a it's not as a slam dunk as Buffalo because the weather will be nicer, but I still think Miami is just gonna score a ton of points and they're gonna beat the Cowboys, Joe. I was looking for a coin because this is a true coin toss game. I have no idea how I feel. Now these are two frauds, two of the biggest frauds in the NFL. I mean the Dallas Cowboys, I don't think this year have won a game on grass. So uh they're playing on grass in Miami, and Miami has not won a game against a single team above five hundred yet. So I I don't really know how to pick this. Can I take Mike McDaniel's points and then like roll that over into Micah Parsons slamming Tua on the grass? Uh, give me the Dolphins. I don't feel good about it. Uh, you know, kind of building off your point there with the Dolphins, Joe. When playing teams the losing record this year, nine and one. When playing teams who are currently five hundred, one and zero, and that was a Broncos team who was currently five hundred, who was not nearly what they are right now at the beginning of the year when that game was played. No. When playing teams with winning records, an abysmal zero and three. One of those losses were to the Bills, yep. who were also not very good at the time they played them at the beginning of the season. Miami, you're like Gonzaga. In order for me to pick Gonzaga to win the national championship, they're going to have to do it. In order for me to pick Miami to beat a team with a winning record, do it. Prove me wrong, Miami. I can't pick you yet. Give me the Cowboys. The Cowboys are – are they really a good team, though, on the road? No, but they, no. they've beaten good teams. <laughs> they've beat the Eagles. That is true. If, if they could, they would both lose. But yeah. one of them has to win. One of them has to win. That's why I'm going with the home team. Like Anson Belt, Jets lock Raiders. it up. Patriots are at the Denver Broncos. This is the Christmas Eve Sunday night game. Honestly, as even as a Broncos fan, I I'm not excited about watching this game because the Patriots are just abysmal to watch this year. Denver's a seven point favorite. I don't like Denver offense against New England because Denver doesn't really have a weapon outside of Cortland Sutton. I think they're going to take Cortland Sutton away. I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think Denver wins, but it'll be like 16 to 10 or something. So I'm going to go Patriots cover. Denver wins. Joe. I'm going to take Patriots cover as well. Jerry Judy couldn't catch a cold if he was in an urge care. And I think that follows up this weekend. I do not like the matchup for Colton Sutton on the outside, especially considering the lack of touches he's gotten this season. Thanks for that, Cortland. Pitch in fantasy. That's my own fault. So uh, I like the Lighthouses, I mean the Patriots, and what will be Bill Belichick's third final game as the head coach. I think I think Denver does cover in this game. I think it's very low scoring, like a 14-3, to and that is why my Anson Belt and Buckle lock of the week is under the ha- the total of 34.5 points will be scored in this okay. game. Okay. Nice pull there. I mean, I, that, I, feel, I feel a lot better about that lock than my own lock. 
because I just don't see either of these teams okay. scoring a lot unless there's a defensive score. All right, final NFL pick, Ravens at Niners. Keaton Mitchell, you're going to be missed, and that's why I'm going with the Niners. I honestly think Baltimore running the football has been less than dynamic unless Keaton Mitchell has been on the field. And I think going to San Fran, which has just been a juggernaut lately, east to west, San Fran a five-point favorite. I'm going with the Niners to win by at least a touchdown. Joe. Anson, belt and buckle, lock of the week. I want to brock and roll all night and purdy every day. The future NFL MVP. Yes, I just said that. And the San Francisco 49ers take down the Ravens traveling all the way to Santa Clara to play in Levi Stadium. I like the Niners. I like Chase Young and Nick Bosa getting in that backfield early against the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens are a good football team, but they've got a few problems. There's only one problem in San Francisco. We don't know which one of their players is going to be the MVP, and that's a good problem to have. Give me the 49ers. All right, your picks are in. Anson Belt and Buckle brings to you your lock of the week. Are you game day ready? Visit AnsonBelt.com backslash ECU. Check out their great collection of holist belts, including ECU officially licensed buckles. With Christmas coming up, definitely check out their website, Anson Belt and Buckle, the official belt of ECU Athletics. Let's get our final break in. We'll come back, we'll wrap up the show, and we will send you off to the holidays. On the other side, this is Hoist the Colors. Here there be pirates. Back to Hoist the Colors with Stephen Igo. How good is this? On 94.3 The Game. All right, welcome back into the show. Hoist the Colors. Got about a minute plus, a minute some change left. On this Friday edition, Hoist the Colors. It's been a uh, fun first year of HTC on 94.3 The Game. Philip Hilkington, Joe Sampson with us. Philip, you've done a great job, man. You were like the co-host in the spring, and now you've turned into the producer slash co-host every day. So uh, it's been a fun year, man. I appreciate all your your work all, all, all year long. Looking forward to keeping it rolling next year. Yeah, I'd really appreciate you, uh, you know, when you've got the show, reaching out to me to be such a big part of it. I've had a lot of fun getting to know you both on and off the uh, the screen and on and off the radio dial. And uh, I really am looking forward to next year, but I'm looking forward to a couple days off right now, I can tell you that. No doubt. Joe, it's been your first foray into reporting and talking about sports instead of playing it. How do you feel like you've enjoyed it, man? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I made a joke of myself when I got to college. I didn't want to become a reporter because I didn't know how that was going to take my life. And here I am sitting here with two degrees opposite of reporting. And I'm right here reporting the news with you. I appreciate your hospitality. Happy belated to your wife. And uh, just glad to be a part of the HTC team. Well, guys, I appreciate the hard work all year long. Doesn't go unnoticed. And I know you guys, uh, you know, put in a lot of time and effort behind the scenes. So we really appreciate that. Everybody at 94.3, Interbanks Media, making this show a reality year one. Just getting started for sure. But it's been a lot of fun. And thanks to the audience as well. Uh, our membership on our YouTube page and, you know, viewership continues to grow. And I think we just have more and more big things in store. Looking forward to 2024 again we'll be off from the show next week and then we'll be off on january 1st we will be back january 2nd that'll be our first show back and then we're going to try to do some sort of video picks or twitter picks maybe even a twitter spaces with our picks going into the new year six bowl game so be on the lookout for that next week all right appreciate it guys we will see you in 2024 this has been hoist the colors 
This has been Hoist the Collars with your host, Stephen Igo. Tune in weekdays at noon for all things ECU sports. Get a recap of the show at 943thegame.com on Twitter, Facebook, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back Monday with more of Hoist the Collars on 943 The Game. the championship season. That's right. Not only did Honda bring home six dirt bike championship titles this year, they're also bringing you big savings on your favorite motorcycles, ATVs, and side-by-sides. And you can see them all at Ron Ayers Motorsports during the Honda Gifts That Go sales event. Is your family ready to hit the dirt? Then check out the CRF line of trail bikes. And during this holiday season, if you buy a CRF 50F or a CRF 